So in this episode, we're going to be talking about what you should look for when you purchase a laptop. This is actually one of those questions I get asked a ton. And I think it's a, a question that a lot of people search for in general, because sometimes you really just don't know what to look for. You're in the right place. This episode is going to help you out so much. Let's get started. So one of the first things to consider in the first place to start is which operating system you're going to want to go with. There are two main operating systems that consumers can choose from for the most part. There are other operating systems out there, but the two most popular ones, of course, are Windows and Mac. So you kind of this is going to be a big decision because based on the decision is going to lead you down a completely separate path. And you can base this decision on a lot of things. You can base this decision on whether you're already in an ecosystem. For instance, if you already have a bunch of Apple products, then it may make more sense to go with a Mac. But if you don't have a bunch of Apple products or you really don't care that all your products connect the way the Apple ecosystem offers that connectivity, then you may want to choose to go with Windows. And it also just based on which peripherals you're going to be connecting into the laptop itself, what you're going to be doing with the laptop also plays a big role in that. For this particular exercise, we're going to assume that you chose Windows. If you do want to know a little bit more of the differences between a Mac and Windows operating system, I've done an episode on that, so make sure to check that out for a little bit more details. And we're going to do another episode with the other path of the Mac so we can go down to different Macs that you can choose from and which would be the best for you. This one's all about Windows. So now that you've chosen a Windows-based PC, congratulations. Moving on to the next big thing is going to be size. Size actually plays a really key component in number one, the portability of the actual laptop itself. And number two, how your workflow actually goes. Because if you choose something too small, sure, it's going to be extremely portable, but you won't be able to multitask as well as if you had a larger screen. But on the other end of that, if you choose something that's too big, sure, you're going to be able to open a ton of different programs at once, but it will be a pain to lug around a huge laptop and it may stress your back out a little bit. So you want to find that sweet spot between having enough space to multitask while still having enough of a smaller laptop for it to be still extremely portable. And for that, I would say that the sweet spot is probably going to be somewhere around 14 to 16 inches. With the 14 to 16 inch screens, you're still going to have enough space to do everything that you really need on your screen while still making sure that the laptop is portable. It's going to fit into any carrying bag. It's going to fit into a book bag. If you're a college student, you're going to be able to carry this thing around with you without it being too cumbersome of a weight to carry around from day to day. So now that we've got the operating system and the size out of the way, the next thing we're going to have to tackle is the specifications. What's supposed to be on the interior of this laptop to make sure it operates the way it needs to operate for you. Now, when it comes to specifications and processing power or processors in general, you're going to be in either one of two camps. You're going to be in Intel or you're going to be an AMD person. Now, if you're going with Intel, the minimum processor I would get is an i5. This is kind of like a mainstream processor and it's a good mix of price and performance. Now, I would suggest going with a Core i5U. They do have a Core i5Y, but they're lower powered and their overall performance is not to the standard of the U. So if you're going to get an i5, make sure you get the i5U. Now, for a setup with just a little bit more money, you can 
upgrade to an i7. And if you're looking into an i7, you're looking for the i7 models that end in an HQ or a K. They have the higher wattage, they have four cores, faster processing. And if you're upgrading to an i7, these are better for overall more heavy loaded programs and gaming. So if you're planning to do any kind of gaming on the laptop, the i7 will be probably your best bet. i5s, maybe not so much. The i7, you get a little bit more processing power and you get a little bit more power overall for your laptop to function the way you need it to function, especially during those awesome gaming sessions where you should be working. Now, of course, if you have some money to burn, you can always, always go up to an i9 processor. And this is gonna be the premium of premium Intel processors. It's gonna give you the most power for gaming, processing, workflows. It's just going to supercharge your laptop. You wouldn't run into any CPU bottlenecks with an i9 processor in your laptop, but these things are gonna cost you some more money. So if you're on a budget, definitely look towards the i5 and i7. i9s is really if you just want to go all out and create the master of all laptop machines. Now on the AMD side, you have the AMD Ryzen 4000 and 5000, which is basically AMD's answer to the i5 and i7. Personally, I find that AMDs are okay. A lot of people don't prefer AMDs. They like to go with Intel. Intel is the big name in processing when it comes to Windows-based PCs. But for my history, I've used a lot of AMD processors on my gaming rig. I have an AMD Ryzen installed and I find that it really is comparable to the Intel processors. I don't see it dipping a lot and sometimes I see it outperforming the Intel processor a little bit more and because they're not the mainstream of mainstream processors, again, if you're on a budget, you're probably going to be finding these AMD machines to be a little cheaper than the Intels are. Now, when it comes to RAM, random access memory, which is really, really important for a computer, the minimum, I'm talking like the bare minimum you should get is eight gigs. The medium that I would suggest would be 16 gigs. 16 gigs is gonna be that sweet spot that's gonna give you all the power you need and you're not gonna really run into any slowness and your machine's gonna be able to do and multitask and use a lot of programs at once without it bottlenecking or slowing down too much. Now, if you do have a little bit more money to kick around, you can go to 32 gigs. Usually 32 gigs are reserved for people who are gaming or doing intense processing on the laptop to begin with. But if you are that person, if you're a person that buying your laptop to do some gaming on, or if you're running some really labor intensive programs on the laptop itself, then definitely try to bump your memory up to 32. But 16 seems to be really that sweet spot for the average person that's using their computer for work, net surfing and some social media. That 16 gigs is gonna be more than enough for you to run Microsoft Word or Microsoft Excel and do some Excel programs. 32 is gonna give you, of course, more, so the more the better, but definitely nothing less than eight. You'll, you'll be in a frustrating state if you go less than eight. Rhyme, bars. Storage-wise, if you don't need a ton of storage, if a terabyte or 500 gigs is good enough for you, then I would definitely suggest to go with an SSD. The solid state drives read and write up to three times faster than the regular hard drives. It just adds to the overall speed and performance of the laptop itself. Solid state is the way to go, but if you need a ton of memory, it can get really expensive. So you may want to juxtapose that. If you're using a laptop, you can always remember connect external storage to it, or you do have cloud-based options. So you don't necessarily need to store everything 
within the laptop itself. Sometimes 500 gigs is enough for you to store the more important things. And then you can kick everything else up to your cloud storage or to an external hard drive. But definitely, definitely, if you can, get a stylistic drive. Now, a couple of honorable mentions is unless you're a gamer or somebody that's doing a lot of 3D graphics or someone that's editing a lot of high end media, you really don't need a standalone graphics card. So an integrated graphics card should be fine. If you're looking at a laptop, it has an integrated graphics card and you're a gamer, I wouldn't suggest it. Sometimes you want a separate graphics card to handle the graphics that you're going to be pushing through the laptop itself. But again, if you're just an average consumer, you're looking for a machine that's going to help you with your workflow and you're not doing anything that's really graphically intensive on that machine, an integrated graphics card is going to be fine. And one of the things I always suggest suggest is that when you pick out a laptop and you have kind of an idea of which one you're going to get, this is one of those times where a brick and mortar store actually comes in handy because you want to actually go out. And one of the things you want to check out is the keyboard and you want to check out the trackpad. I've had so many issues with trackpads and keyboards just not being comfortable or just hiccuping too much or just not working the way that I needed them to work. And even though the laptop was amazing and even though it had all the power and it was portable and the screen was beautiful, using it with the trackpad or the keyboard just really kind of diminishes the entire experience and it can ruin a purchase. So you want to go out and you want to try some different keyboards, see which keyboard is comfortable for you. Some people like the really clicky keys or some people like the softer keys. Some people like the really big trackpads. Some people like the smaller trackpads. So you want to find out where your niche is and you want to find out where your avenue is. And the only way to really do that is to go out and actually see these things live and try them out. So you want to try out the keyboard. You want to try out the trackpad find a model that's comparable to the one that you're looking at or some the manufacturers they're usually pretty succinct with their keyboards and trackpads find one try it out and see if it's for you you also want to check to see what ports are going to be available these laptops have gotten smaller and skinnier and some of these ports that you're kind of used to a computer having they no longer have some of them have just the usb type c ports some of them have only one or two usb type c ports what peripherals are you planning to plug into your laptop if you need a USB-A and you don't have that connection, then you're going to have to buy a dongle or you're going to have to buy an adapter. And that's going to add to the overall cost of what you're buying. So you want to check out how many ports are available and which ports are available. And then think about which peripherals and accessories you're going to be connecting to the laptop. That way you can have a better idea of what you need versus what it has. And really you just want to be realistic with your budget when you're going to buy a laptop. I've heard some like crazy numbers. Like, can I get a great laptop for a hundred bucks? probably somewhere. Um, the budget of a laptop is so skewed. I don't think people kind of have an idea of how much you spend versus how much you should spend. So if you're spending about 250 to $300 and you're looking at a low end laptop, if you're spending about 350 to 600 and you're looking at something that's kind of going to give you like an i5 processor with eight gigs of Ram, a medium sized hard drive. But if you go to like six to $900, then you're more in the premium range of laptops. And of course, anything over 900, 
$1,500, you're getting the premium everything. You're probably getting the best processor, more RAM, but you're always going to have to kind of finagle or adjust your settings based on what's important. And the important thing really is the processor, the RAM and the storage is going to be some of the main important things that you want to take a look at. And they're going to be some of the biggest things that increase or decrease the overall price and cost of this laptop. Either way, hopefully this episode sheds some light on the question. If you're going to purchase a laptop, hopefully it does help you make that buying decision just a little bit easier. That's why I'm here. As always, guys, thank you so much for checking out the episode. If you're checking us out on YouTube, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and also comment in the comment section down below. What's your favorite laptop? What laptop are you looking to buy? What laptop do you currently own? Help the community out. Some people may be interested in purchasing something that works for you. And as always, guys, if you have the opportunity to be a smart friend to someone, make sure you take it. And until next time, make sure to stay safe and peace out.